The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed being in this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kuci.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is very important. It's about how we can really protect ourselves and save our lives, and I've just been reading this book and as you know you and I have been fighting over this book because we both are enjoying it so much it's called Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life by Jason Hansen and he is the founder and president of Spy Escape and Invasion he is a former CIA officer and he reveals safety and survival techniques to keep you and your family safe and it is a privacy issue there's so many issues dealing with protecting your privacy so that people can't just follow you around and know what you're doing and be able to have you as a target. So let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest today. And you may have actually seen him on Shark Tank. And um, he's going to tell us a little bit about that as well. So um, I first want to tell you that according to a recent NBC News Wall Street Journal poll, nearly half of American population uh, feel less safe than they did before 9-11. And every day we're exposed to new news of violent crime, of kidnappings, of carjackings, of acts of terrorism, natural disaster, all sorts of things. And we sometimes feel powerless. But Jason Hansen is going to tell us all these things that we can do so we don't have to feel so powerless. So let me just tell you a little bit about Jason. And I'm just going to pull this out. Um, Jason is a former CIA officer, security specialist, and recent successful contestant of ABC's reality show Shark Tank, which many of you probably love like we do. He teaches everyday citizens to defend themselves at his spy escape and evasion school. And Jason has been interviewed by major media outlets for his security expertise, including the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, Huffington Post, etc. And he currently lives in Cedar City, Utah. 
with his family. And you can find out more about him and the great work that he does at spyescapeandevasion.com. So thank you so much, Jason, for joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I really am enjoying your book, and in fact, I think I told you just before we went on the air that I gave it as a gift to a friend of mine who is a sheriff reserve with me in Orange County, and he just retired as an IT specialist, and uh, I gave him a copy of your book and one of these knives that has all these things on it that you talk about in your book. (laughs) So it was kind of a, a fun gift, and he already wrote me and said how much he's enjoying the book. So it really, you know, it kind of scared me, even though I know I should know this, but we don't want to think about what could happen to us. We don't want to think about, for example, an earthquake in in California and what would we do because we know the responders probably couldn't get to us for a long time. Or we don't want to think about getting mugged or someone breaking into our home, but we really should be prepared. So... Let me ask you first, what I'm sure everybody is wondering, like, what was it like to be on Shark Tank? It was a wonderful, wonderful blessing. So, obviously, when you're on the show itself, it's very nerve-wracking, and it's a good pressure cooker, and they, they uh, you know, try and make it as intense as possible. But I made a deal with Damon John. It worked out very well for me. And, of course, I got a ton of publicity, which helped grow the business, helped me train more people. So it was just, it was amazing overall, and I have zero complaints about it. Yeah, that it must have been nerve-wracking getting ready for that, though, huh? Let's just say I prepared probably like no one has ever prepared before. So I, of course, watched every episode of Shark Tank. <laughs> I knew the questions that every one of them asked. I knew what they liked, didn't like. So, yeah, I did extreme intense preparation to get ready for it. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Okay, so let's talk about the nitty-gritty now. Um what questions do you get asked most frequently from people who come to take your classes? What are they worried about? Sure. These days, one of the first questions is always home invasions. So, you know, what can I do to prevent a home invasion or prepare better so it never happens to me? And as you said, obviously none of us ever uh, wants to have a home invasion, but you can't bury your head in the sand. So the time to suddenly think about your home defense plan is not at 3 a.m., when somebody's kicking in your front door, the time to do it is obviously right now, long before something ever like that happens. Right, right. I know we have two dogs. I mean, I live in a really safe neighborhood, thank goodness, knock on wood. But we have two dogs, and we have an alarm system, and we have a gate, and we have the lights that go on if you get near, you know, the house. So, (laughs) you know, it's a start. It's a start. Um, so let's. what else do they worry about besides the home invasion? How about traveling? I mean, I always worry about traveling internationally. I'm going to be going to Mexico over Thanksgiving. And, you know, that is that something that people worry about as well? It is, yes. Yeah. So they ask me questions about flying and hotels and all that stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, just quick hotel tips is when traveling, especially internationally, when you go up to your hotel and you check in, they always ask you, you know, Mr. Smith, how many keys would you like? Right. Is always say two keys. So I travel a lot by myself because I'm flying around the country teaching corporations and doing training. But I still always ask for two keys. Right. Because especially overseas, the criminals will sit there in the hotel lobby just casing the place 
And if they see a woman go up there and say, oh, I only need one key, well, now they know that woman's by themselves, and they know they only have one individual to contend with if they want to do a quote-unquote home invasion on that room. So you've got to be much more careful, obviously, when you're traveling internationally. Right, right. You know, I had friends who um, were in Maui, and um, they were talking, they were um, taking their car out, and the bellhop said, oh, you know, when were you going, and when are you coming back? And they answered them. And sure enough, while they were gone, um, somebody went into their hotel room and, and took all their stuff. So, you know, now I learned from my friends that whenever I'm traveling anywhere and they said, oh, where are you going? You know, I just tell them, oh, we're just going around for a couple of minutes. We'll be back right away. You know? <laughs> oh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, most thefts are internal. So everybody thinks it's, you know, always going to be just some random crime. But, yeah, if you're ever going to be robbed, it's most likely it's going to be the guy behind the desk who slips the information to his friend or, you know, in your friend's instance, the bellhop. So, yeah, you got to be careful about the information you share. Right. And, you know, really honest people like you and me and most of our friends, you know, wouldn't, you know, I mean, you being in this a former CIA, you know about this stuff. But most honest people are trusting and they don't think that people are going to do something that they wouldn't do. So that's what's the key is to, to recognize that not everybody thinks like we do. <laughs> yeah, and you're 100% right. I mean, I just do it second nature. I don't even think about it whenever anybody asks me something. Right. But the average person is not trained this way. Luckily, when you start just thinking about it and putting yourself in that mindset, uh, you get uh, very good at it quickly, and it's not hard to acquire it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's terrible to say, but, you know, as an attorney and as one who has helped people with identity theft and fraud and all those things, I just tell people, you know, don't trust anybody, <laughs> you know, until you really, really get to know them. So if somebody calls and asks for your phone number or your social security number, you just don't tell them anything. You call back the number that you look up that you know to be the true number for the IRS or whatever it is that's trying to get information from you and explain to them that you are not trusting of them. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those are good words to live by. Yeah. So let's talk about the most important thing that you learned in the CIA. You know, the, the single most important thing, and we've actually kind of talked about it uh, already, is what I call survival intelligence, or what some people call situational awareness. So you and I know that almost 99% of Americans are walking around texting on their smartphones when they walk out of Walmart, when they walk out of the mall, and they have zero awareness of what's going on around them. And most crimes are crimes of opportunity. So right. most crimes are some drug addict who needs the next fix, and if you're that easy victim coming out of the mall, he's going to go and rob you or follow you to your car and try and carjack you. So if people would just have their heads up, kind of like we all were 15 years ago before cell phones, they would be so much more safe and they would not be the victim because if their head's up and everybody else's head's down, then that crackhead is going to go choose that person with the head down to rob and not you. So it's just, again, it's such a simple thing to do is just pay attention to details. Be more observant of what's going on around you, and you'll notice danger beforehand and be able to get out of those dangerous situations. Yeah, you, you keep talking about that in your book throughout every chapter, about being basically being you know aware of your surroundings. And yesterday I had to go to the Microsoft store and at the mall, and sure enough, as I was going in, there was this woman probably in her 20s, walking out the door. It was dusk, and um, 
here she is on her cell phone and just looking at that, not even looking where she was going, almost bumped into me. And I, I felt like saying, hey, you know what Jason would say about this? <laughs> I, I almost stopped her and said, Jason, you should read Jason Hansen's book because you are really very vulnerable. Because And she was going into you know a parking structure, okay, and it was getting dark. I could just imagine her going in there, and I... You know, it wasn't dark yet, so I didn't stop her. I thought she might want to hit me if I said anything, but I really was so tempted to say, hey, you know what? You're really vulnerable doing that, but I, you know, I thought she would not like that, but um, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to send her mental telepathy. The the good news and the bad news, the good news for you and I is, you know, we're not going to change most people. Right. So, you know, I can tell people not to do that, and they'll just ignore me. The uh, you know unintelligent ones, so to say, and keep walking across the street texting. Right, right. The smart ones like you and I who do it. Well, then we have so much better odds of never becoming a victim because there's so many other people out there for them to pick on. Not that I, of course, want anybody to get harmed. Right. But since we can't change people, it might as well not be us, or might as well not be our family members. Right. Something bad happened to us. Exactly. So, you know, what about parents, you know, helping to protect their kids from both physical and digital digital threats? Um, can you give us some tips on that? Sure. I mean, it obviously depends on what their age is. You know, college students can obviously be taught everything we just discussed. Younger kids, you need to start with the bullying and the, you know, the quote-unquote good touch, bad touch, and don't talk to strangers. But you've got to make it more fun. So when I teach classes, I teach people how to escape duct tape, how to escape rope, how to pick handcuffs, how to pick locks. And they're fun things to know that you, of course, hope they never use, but it also helps them build that mindset of, yes, you know, being safe is fun. So I do teach the younger kids where I have a kid's spy class, and in this spy, kid's spy class, we teach some of the escaping duct tape and, hey, you know, here's how to watch out and not have your head down kind of thing. Right. So I think that's the important thing is, Obviously, scare tactics are not good where you're screaming at your kid like, you know, don't you ever dare talk to strangers. Don't you do that? Right, right, right. But if you make the safety training uh, training fun, and then, of course, I have the spy theme, which kids love. Right. They really pick up on it, and they'll point out stuff. You know, hey, Dad, your head's down. Or, hey, Mom, remember not to use your cell phone because you don't have good situational awareness. Right. So they do really good at this stuff. Right, right. I know, it reminds me, like, when I went to the Spy Museum in D.C., there were tons of kids that loved to be there. Of course, we love to be there, too. It's fun. So I think that is a, a, a great um, segue into, you know, what what do the spies do? They have to protect themselves so they don't get found out, right? Um, how about, you know, I thought it was interesting you talk about carrying bobby pins and a paracord keychain with you. Let's talk talk about some of the things like that and why you carry those and what other things you should always carry on you. Sure. So if you're traveling internationally, if you're traveling to more dangerous thorough countries, then, you know, I'm carrying bobby pins. I'm carrying hair barrettes because bobby pins can be used for escaping handcuffs, picking locks. Hair barrettes can be used for escaping handcuffs. And it's very easy to do. I mean, you can escape in a matter of seconds using both of these items. The reason I carry paracord is paracord can cut through zip ties. It can cut through rope. You can also, of course, use it for, uh, you know, securing cargo, building shelter. So I've got paracord shoelaces. i got it in my backpack. I've got it in my pocket when I'm traveling internationally. So, you know, it depends case-by-case situation. For just here in the U.S. in a safer area, 
you know, I still have the bobby pins and the hairbreds just because that's what I'm trained to do. But I always believe in having a knife on me. Um, I'm a gun guy. I know not everybody is, or you can't carry concealed in a lot of places. But wherever I legally can, I've always got a gun and a knife on me. And then cash. Cash is one of those things that is should always be on you, especially overseas. So even though I'm using my credit card for a lot of things, I always have at least $300 in cash on me. And it's gotten me out of jams, and I know other people that's got out of serious jams. So I would say that's one of the main things is no matter what, always have a good amount of cash, with one of them being a $100 bill wherever you're traveling. Right. I have to tell you a funny story. Um, we were in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and luckily I speak Spanish fluently. And um, we it was some kind of fiesta that we were there. We had a car, and everyone was parked all over the place. And we didn't realize it, but we were parked the wrong way on a wrong way street. But so were other, like, you know, myriad other cars. So this right. this cop comes up to us and, and you know, he says, okay, I'm going to take you to jail. <laughs> you know, a la carcel. And I'm talking to him in Spanish and I said, no. And I said, I don't want to go to jail. You know, just give us a ticket or whatever it is that we have to do. And then I said, um, he said, or whatever. And I said, so what is that? I said, uh, so do you want something? You know, <laughs> I knew he wanted, you know, <laughs> I knew he wanted fine. something. How much do I owe you, pal? Yeah, and, and that's basically what I said. And he says, shush, shush, shush. And um, we had just gone to the ATM, and we got all these pesos. But my husband was smart enough to have dollar bills in one section of a little carry thing that he carries, and then these pesos in another so what happened was, is the guy said, how much do you want? And, and my husband just pulled out all the pesos that he had just gotten out, which was probably $50 or something, and just gave it to the guy. Meanwhile, we still had cash in his other pocket. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, all over the world, it'll work, you know. Yeah. You need some money. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go to jail or Mexico like that, yeah. Way, yeah. it gets you out of a ton of jams. Yeah. So we didn't end up going to jail. We didn't get up getting anything. And, and you know, it, we really didn't do anything wrong because everybody was parked all over the place. Right. But But um, it was his opportunity to go after us and get some, some money. But, um, yeah. So it's nice to have the other, I guess the moral is have money, different sections of money in different pockets so you aren't totally without any money if somebody right yeah you don't want to pull out all your money in one wad you want to make sure you have it in different areas on your body right we learned that so talk about how um you know well you can't carry a knife on on the plane because you're gonna um, how many times did my husband get his um his pocket knife taken away before we, you know, because he always carries one with him. You know, he's a general contractor, and he's always carrying a knife with him, which always comes in handy. But, of course, we've had maybe 10 of them taken away from us at the airport. So what do you do when you're going to get on a plane? Sure. So what I carry around with me all the time, and which may sound a little funny, is a tactical pen. So it's a regular writing pen, but it's made of aircraft-grade aluminum, and it's got a little point on the end. So it's a great striking tool if you have to strike somebody. Mm-hmm. So I've flown all over the world with my tactical pen. I've been in courthouses. I've been everywhere. And it's a great little self-defense tool. And, you know, I, I tell people, listen, we probably carry a pen anyway to write down notes and ideas. Right, right. Why not have a pen that can do double duty and maybe get you out of a dangerous situation? Right. And on your website, you have lists of stuff like that and, and some of your recommendations, don't you? That is correct, yep. 
So before uh, we even go further, I just want to make sure that people have the website. It's spyescapeandevasion.com. And and on our website, KUCI.org slash privacy piracy, we link to um, Jason Hansen's website as well. So you can, if you forgot his, you can always go to ours. So what would you do if someone was following you on a quiet street late at night? Great, great question. I would do what probably everybody else would not do, and that is you want to confront the person. So you want to turn around and say something to let the person know that I see you, I'm not afraid of you. Uh, The worst thing to do is kind of put your head down and look behind them sheepishly and look like you're some weak, innocent victim. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn around and say, can I help you or do you need something? Because that person now knows, okay, I'm not going to be an easy victim. I've also made them they're going to go choose somebody else. And kind of the, the best example of this is I, I taught a young woman who lives in Virginia. She was running on a jogging path. She was by herself and started noticing a man jogging, but she said something just didn't add up. He wasn't a normal jogger. He didn't look right. I was sure he was following me. And she said he was getting closer and closer, and before he got too close, I just turned around and I yelled, what? And she said the guy stopped in his tracks and went the other way, mm. which means he was clearly following her because that's a, a guilty response. Right. So just do something. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't look weak because as soon as you do that, then they know, okay, I'm going to go after this person because they're not going to put up a fight. Right. And it's probably a good idea to yell like that, too, so that if anybody else is around, they might hear it and he wants to get away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They want to make it as easy as possible for them, and you, of course, want to do the exact opposite. Right, right. So how can you deter burglars from breaking into your house? We talked a little bit about what we do. We have a burglar alarm. But um, what are some other things that you recommend? Sure. I mean, what you have is probably more than 99% of Americans. So the first thing that I always recommend is this evening, just go walk around your neighborhood. So just take a quick stroll down your street and pretend you're the burglar. Say, hey, I've got 10 minutes tonight to decide which house I'm going to break into, who am I going to choose, and think that as you're walking down the street. Clearly, if you decide your house is the one you choose, you need to do something different because that's exactly what the burglar is going to do, too. They're going to case the house just like they'd case an individual to say, who's going to be the easiest victim? Who's going to be the easiest house? So you absolutely want alarm sign in the front yard. You want alarm stickers all over the back door and the windows. You want motion sensor lights, as you mentioned. You want video cameras, which are much more inexpensive these days. And then a dog bowl. Even if you don't have a dog, at least leave a dog bowl out there so they think you have a dog because no burglar wants to deal with that. Right. So those are just some very easy and inexpensive things you can do, which is going to make your house look a lot harder, where the criminal sees that, he's going to say, no, I'm definitely going to the neighbor's house who has none of that. Right, right. You know, we've been... um We've been hearing here in California, we're in Southern California, but there have been terrible fires in Northern California where people have to, like, get out of their house. Just recently, there were, like, you know, five, 600 houses that burnt down, and, you know, it's always a big fear in, you know, this time of the year because, actually, the fall is our hottest time of the year. So, you know, what should you have in your car, whether it's a disaster or whether someone, you know, tries to carjack you? or What are some survival gear that you absolutely should have in your car, in your trunk, and why? 
Sure. So there are two different things that I have in the back of my car and that I recommend. The first is a 72-hour kit. So it's just a backpack with 72 hours worth of food, worth of water, with some medical supplies because people can get trapped in the snow, they can get trapped in the mountains, or maybe you just have to flee somewhere quick because of a fire, and you want to make sure that at the minimum for three days you're going to be good to go with food and water. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I have in my trunk is a toolbox. So I'll have screwdrivers, hammers, I'll have a tow rope in case I need to tow something, or it can be used to make a shelter with the rope. I'll have an axe in there, you know, chopping wood, starting fires. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would have at the minimum is that... You know, that 72-hour kit, and then, of course, the toolbox. But you were talking about the fires earlier. Yeah. And I recommend that people have in their house some kind of quick grab-and-go bag. So if you have to flee your house within five minutes, you know, what's that bag where you're also going to have some food and water for three days? You're going to have your important documents, your copies, your IDs, um, you know, some personal weapons, guns or knives or whatever personal weapons you choose. So... I always tell people, like, listen, if the tornado's coming, if the fire's coming, and you only have five minutes to get out of your house, where's that bag that you can quickly grab and that you know you're not going to be in harm's way and long gone when it does show up? Yeah. You know, and I was thinking that when you were talking about important papers, um, what I've been doing is putting my important papers up in the cloud. I encrypt them so that if that cloud is, uh, you know, compromised or there's a security breach not everybody's got it but if i you know scan my documents and then they're in the cloud then i can be anywhere and capture them whether it's my insurance policies or whatever then even if i don't have a chance to get to that you know that uh, cabinet, that lock cabinet, I can at least have it. But then just the only thing I would tell you is encrypt those documents with the passwords that you know, and then you can get to them even if you're at somebody else's computer and you have to go and talk to your insurance people about your insurance policy. So that was just a, another thought. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and we don't like to think about that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's important that we do, that we are prepared for those kinds of things. Well, I'll tell you what it does is it gives you peace of mind. Yeah. So not that, of course, I want a disaster to happen, but I've got my bag, I've got my 72-hour kit, so if something has happened, I'm prepared. So it helps me sleep easy at night, and I don't have fears that, you know, I, what is, you know I'm going to be displaced or we're going to starve to death or anything crazy like that. Right, exactly. Well, we only have a, a, a few minutes left. Let me just ask you, what are three top things that you hope people will take away from reading your book? And I just want to mention your book again. If you've just started listening in, we're talking about this wonderful book called Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life by a former CIA officer. And he, Jason Hansen, is revealing safety and survival techniques to keep you safe and to keep your family safe. So if you could just tell us three things that you can leave us with, then we'll be good. Sure. I'd say the three top things in the book are the one, the survival intelligence slash situational awareness. So don't be average. Don't be the average person going around. You know, be better than average, which means your head is up. Two would be I reveal some very simple self-defense moves in the book. So a lot of people are under the false impression that you've got to be a ninja or you've got to take 30 years of karate to be good. But there's some very simple self-defense moves that anybody can do and quickly learn to defeat an attacker. So I want to empower people with that knowledge. And then three 
is I covered some of the gear, but I list more of the gear because the gear just makes life so much easier when you're in those dangerous situations or when you have to flee from a fire. So I want to give people the right gear so if something happens, they're not freaking out. And they say, okay, I have this, I have this. I'm able to provide for my family and take care of them. And, you know, we're not in a, a super dangerous situation. It's more of an inconvenience now. Right. Well, thank you so much. And just give your website again so people can go, because I know you have lists there as well of, sure. um, of what people should get, because I think that's really important if you just have it. Yep. My website is easy. It's just spyescapeandevasion.com. Well, thank you so much. Jason, we appreciate all you're doing to help us be more enlightened and, and take care of ourselves. And keep in touch because we'd love to have you back again. Okay, Jason? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, thanks so, so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minervine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.